You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host, special guest co-host, Elisa Ward. And welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Again, good morning to all the truth seekers out there. Elisa, thank you for co-hosting with me this morning. If you will, say hello to the Truth Seekers as we have a, a special guest on for this morning's discussion question. But, uh, again, just thank you for being back with me, uh, Alisa, if you will. So, again, just say hello and give a little bit of your uh, background. In uh, matter of fact, let me say the, this morning's discussion question so you can make your background relatable to it, um, you know, knowing that you've participated in a few trials over the, over the years from what I understand. Um, this morning's discussion question, Vaccines, clinical trials, and health studies, should blacks participate? Uh, so that's our discussion question. So if you will, Alisa, definitely get into your background and say hello to the truth seekers. I'm so glad to be back on with you today, Montoya. Um, the show has always been one that is um, a great show to get. It's filled with lots of information, um, and we have opportunity to be able to speak our own truths and our own experiences. It's great dialogue. I am a certified emotional intelligence coach, an EQ practitioner, and a diversity consultant um, as far as my work is concerned, but I'm also a national advocate in the food allergy space, and I've also done a significant amount of advocacy in the asthma space. And one of the reasons that this show matters to me so much is because as a participant, in many studies uh, over the years, whether it be my children being involved or myself being involved, I see the need for us to be able to understand what types of studies are out there, what type of trials are out there, and why we as a culture need to participate more, especially based on the numbers that impact us directly. Now, thank you so much for being with us. Without further ado, our special guest, uh, Tuara McCaslin, thank you. King, for being with us this morning. Uh, I know you are 
coming to us from the Morehouse School of Medicine. So definitely glad to have your expertise on this morning's discussion question. Again, vaccines, clinical trials, and health studies. Should blacks participate? So if you will, uh, say hello to the truth seekers out there listening and give us a little bit of your background as well. Again, but thanks again for being with us, King. Hey, good morning, everybody. And uh, thanks again, uh, Montoya, um, for allowing for me to come talk and, uh, you know, and also creating this space for us to kind of have these type of discussions. Um, so, uh, you know, I work at the Moa School of Medicine in the Clinical Research uh, Center Department. Um, been working at, uh, you know, a team member there for about, about five years and have worked on multiple different uh, studies and clinical trials. Um, you know, my background um, was, you know, established, uh, I would definitely say by my parents. They've done a lot of uh, work in the community um, in regards to things like, you know, um, you know computer literacy, um, you know, art, as well as um, just creative expression. Um, and some of those things have actually been instilled in me in regards to just how do we interact with the community in regards to, um, you know, the subject at hand, hand, vaccines, clinical trials, um, and just health in general when it comes to the black community. Um, you know, what I do at Moscow Medicine is a combination of, of uh, strategizing for how do we engage the community um, in a meaningful way, as well as educate them on the importance of uh, clinical trials, as well as we our recruitment and retention effort for our uh, the project that I'm currently actively involved in now um, at Morehouse School of Medicine, which is the All of Us Research Program. No, absolutely, and we'll definitely dig into that a little later in the show because this obviously this discussion in particular has a lot of. Um, layers to it, if you will. Uh, but before we get too deep into those layers, we kind of have a kind of a regular way that we start our program, and at least I hope you, you will remember this. And so we'll keep this because uh, we are against our, our initial break uh, here in a few minutes. So uh, let's keep this part short. Again, this is just our normal way to start our show, which is to uh, basically think of your first thought when you actually heard uh, the question worded the way that it was, and you actually assisted me with um, the wording of this question. We played around with a couple of versions. Um, this one somewhat won out. I think I was leaning towards the, the same one you were, at least but without that, you know, without even revealing that. Uh, but if you will, vaccines, clinical trials, and health studies, should blacks participate? Just your first initial thought without going too deep, um, you know, into it. Uh, my first thought was, how are the anti-vaxxers going to um, embrace this title? That was my first thought. Um, okay. But I thought it was a great title. Nah, sounds good. Yes, yeah, definitely a concern. We'll definitely uh, bring that up because that's obviously a part of this with everything that's going on. You know, unfortunately with the pandemic, uh, we couldn't do we couldn't do discussion. You know, in a sense with you know considering that's the case. Uh, you know, had we did this discussion a couple of years ago, um, we you know we definitely could just in a sense focus simply on the clinical trials. But that is a you know obviously a pressing issue at this moment. Um, I'll return that question to you as well, um, um, Arthur Arthur, if you will, which is just basically well, when you, you know, you obviously was pr 
told, hey, we're going to do this show, come on the show, and obviously I know you appreciate the opportunity, uh, but when you heard how the question was worded, and it's really about, in a sense, the wording of the question. When you saw it worded that way, can you recall what your first thought was when you saw how we were going to approach this show? I guess, well, my first thought was, you know, this is a good time to, you know, I think the perfect time to kind of like really educate people. So that was like the first thing that came to mind when I saw mm-hmm. that. I was like, those are all like really critical things that black people don't, don't just need to participate in it, but they need to learn how do these three things actually affect, you know, my life, my family, my community, um, you know, you know, how does that translate over to me individually? So when I first saw that, you know, those were kind of like my first initial thoughts, you know, education, how does it affect black people? Um, and I think it's very timely um, that these discussions are actually ha- happening during this pandemic. No, absolutely. Well, no, I definitely appreciate that. And I'll even shout this out real quick. I appreciate you for um, jumping on last night. We had our first mental dialogue invite only uh, with some, you know, ended up having some excellent kings on last night. And you were able to kind of jump in and say, hey, we're doing the show tomorrow, like you said, at a very much needed time. Uh, We are going to go to this uh, quick initial break. When we come back, we're going to get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion question again. Vaccines, clinical trials, and health studies. Should blacks participate? Uh, We will open up the phone lines because we know within our community people fall, you know, or or, or like you said, know about it, don't know about it, have different issues with it. And so we're going to open it up and let people get in as well. Uh, We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Big Tits Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Tits Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 There's also healthcare disparities, right? We know that black people uh, also, we tend to do worse with medical conditions, higher rates of heart disease, we die more from cancer, so many other things. You put all of that in a pot and it's a problem. So let's get to clinical trials and why they're important. First of all, clinical trials, we need them to tell us what drugs, medications, vaccines work and for who. They are necessary. 
But blacks make up about 14% of total clinical trial participants in the United States, which is roughly proportionate to our representation in the population, but we are at higher risk for many serious illnesses. In many clinical trials for cancer treatments, however, black participation runs low, but we tend to have higher death rates from cancer. So the idea is that our participation in clinical trials is not necessarily important. It might downright be crucial. But you Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Elisa Ward. Our special guest is Arturo Marcaslin. Um, thank you again, King, for being with us uh, from the Morehouse School of Medicine. This morning's discussion question, vaccines, clinical trials, and health studies. Should blacks participate? We just heard a cut from Dr. Um, John Cottle just kind of saying, hey, clinical trials are very important. I know when I was young, I used to kind of hear about them, and even when I went to college, the idea of participating in them. And But for the most part, I can say I went throughout my life um, not too focused on them, uh, although recently I, I've, you know, with the pandemic, I've become a little more concerned. But before I get it, you know, to what I've done most recently, um, I'll say that even going through college and having heard the idea that us as African Americans should participate, I can admit that I've carried on my life not paying too much attention. Uh, I can even admit having done this show, of, you know, on this particular run for five years and having brought on uh, like research students from Georgia Tech talking about. It is something that I've encouraged, and only recently have I looked into it. Uh, you know, at this point in my life, I wouldn't. Uh, I can only imagine that my story is like a lot of others, uh, if you will, Atuaro. If you can kind of just speak to that from your experience, uh, obviously being someone in the field, encouraging, trying to, like you say, educate people on getting involved. Uh, but I can only imagine that what I just said is, is, is I would say at least a lot of college students' life, because I didn't hear about it until I was in college that I. I shouldn't even consider these things, but I've, I've never really looked into it. I, I, is that pretty standard from what you see out there? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, even even me, you know, before I, I, I came aboard with more at School of Medicine, you know, my only knowledge of clinical research was uh, I'm going to be testing out medication, right? Like that's that was my only view of what clinical research was. Um, you know, the Tuskegee mm-hmm. Institute. Um, I mean, a simple study at Tuskegee Institute. Um, and, you know, that's what we kind of hear from a lot of the people that we engage with in the community. Um, you know, and that's one of the first questions that we ask everybody to kind of gauge, you know, their knowledge of what clinical research is, what you exactly just said. That's what we'll ask. Do you know what clinical research is? What is clinical research to you? And a lot of times, you know, we hear things like a guinea pig, they're going to make a clone of me, a lot of uh, misinformation, but also a lot of responses that we hear are, you know, just, just based on the, you know, the historicness of of black people, um, the black community, and just health in general, especially the clinical trials. Um, But you know, the, the, the silver lining to this is that once we actually start engaging, asking questions and educating people, uh, they start seeing the, the, the benefits slowly but surely of participating in clinical trials, that it's not always about, uh, you know, prescription drugs and all that. A lot of clinical trials are, are things where you don't have to actually take anything, you know, just to kind of just touch on that. 
No, no, it makes sense. And I guess to a certain extent, I was just talking about the novelty of um, – because, like I say, for me, I don't know when people have heard about them or whatever, but I just know that for the most part as a young you – know, as a you know, throughout high school, I never even heard about them. But like I said, just my experience in college was just coming about, coming across the idea that they one they existed, and even even hearing to a certain extent the idea that more African Americans, you know, would could should participate. And I can just remember as a college student, the novelty of it was I agreed that more African Americans should participate, but it still never crossed my mind. Now, Elisa, you on the other hand, um, as you've already said, you have been a participant, um, specifically in a couple of areas. And, you know, from what I know about you, is some of that's due to being related to your family. But I'm pretty sure you could speak to maybe what I just said. You know, a lot of us are probably in that. It's like we do that with a lot of things, not just this type of thing where we'll say, yeah, more blacks need to do it. But we, it never kind of becomes our cause of action to be the more blacks, if you will. But you haven't had areas that obviously affect your family. Um, I would assume when we say that there's, for example, low participation in a lot of clinical trials from African-Americans, my my assumption would be those often that are participating are possibly more like yourself. It affects their family so directly that they've been encouraged or requested to be a part of one, whereas if we are going to say we should participate more, it still doesn't really hit home unless it affects you for a lot of people. Go ahead, Queen. I, I agree with you. For, for many people, that really is their, their truth, that it doesn't impact them until it hit home, hits home. I've been like a volunteer-type person literally since like the fifth grade. Now, I remember doing a, a, a walk for uh, the March of Dimes. I didn't know any kids. I was just in fifth grade, and they told me how great of an idea it was. So I walked this thing, and my whole family was like, but it doesn't <laughs> affect you, so why do you want to do that? Um, but that's just been okay. my personality. You don't always find people that do that. However, when it came to the issues that affected my children, that became something then all of a sudden the radar was up for people in the family because, you know, a lot of people don't understand you, so to your other guest's point, you know, what some of these things actually are. I participated in studies that required no medication at all. I participated in studies that have been about a new app to make things easier for people to access certain things that they need in healthcare. Um, I recently right. participated in a study to find out how easy it is to navigate a specific website for a healthcare issue for children who are for people who are dyslexic. So there are a lot of studies and stuff out there, but if it wasn't for these studies, we wouldn't know how many people have asthma, have food allergies. We wouldn't know that food allergies cost families twenty five billion dollars a year because we've done these studies. And you know, like I said, to your point, many people don't until it impacts them. But at the end of the day, what I offer as a counter to them is that it impacts you even if you don't have this health issue because it impacts your insurance. It impacts your pocket. It impacts your bottom line. So nobody can get around these things not impacting them. It's just sometimes we don't have the knowledge of how those things impact us and, again, what's available to people out there in the public to do. No, it makes sense. So let's let's bring this thing home from this standpoint, um, and if you will, you can speak to this, but just the idea that uh, a, when you start talking specifically to the African-American community, uh, when I remember when I had on Julian Rose, again, Georgia Tech uh, re, uh, research graduate um, studies or whatever, and he was just speaking to his interest in getting into uh, his specific field because he thought there, for example, lacks 
specific studies that addressed, uh, in a sense, some conditions that seem to be specific or hit our hit our community more. And uh, you know, so one having even enough studies, uh, but the realities too that to a certain extent there are some things that affect African Americans specifically different. And that's where I think the push quite often from people that are in your field or are at least pushing in that you know, in that area. Again, clinical trials for all things we in a to a certain extent as a part of this population, we as you know, as the, the medical field would say, yeah, we should be a part of all of those. But in particular, we even miss out on the things that or that affect us different or something as new as this this novel virus, the coronavirus, uh, you know, with being hit harder with it, just to ensure that it doesn't affect us different. Again, it doesn't apply to everything, but there are definitely areas that affect us differently. So if you could just kind of speak, you know, to that aspect, because I think it, it raises the level of importance in my opinion, but go ahead, King. Yeah. So, you know, there, you know, with the with the black community, you know, there are a lot of things that we're high up at risk for, right? Like, let's not even talk, and, and this is going to kind of segue into where we're at with the pandemic, you know, you know, and there's a long list, right? A lot of things center around, you know, our diet, what we're eating, um, the lack of um, access. And, you know, I think a, a, another underlining thing to that is, the fact that if I'm okay right now, that means I don't need to go to the doctor, right, instead of being a little bit more proactive with it. Um, you know, they, there are, you know, clinical trials out there. I know at Moana School of Medicine we have um, – we currently have and had, like, several uh, trials that kind of dealt with specifically things that are affecting the black community, right, um, high blood pressure, heart disease, um, sleep deprivation, um, you know, and when people actually participate in these things, and we have a nutritionist that's on site, uh, they're doing, you know, several studies around what we eat and how does that affect, um, you know, blood pressure and heart disease, um, as well as our sleep study where that, that looks at people who work the third shift, how does that, you know, their health and well-being um, and the current project, which is more so about getting people more engaged with clinical research. One of the things um, that people need to also realize is just that being that there's a lack of people participating in it, there's a lack of data where that you can really get deep into what is causing uh, certain things or certain health disparities. Um, and to have more people participate, meaning that it's a larger uh, data set that uh, researchers and scientists can actually access to see if they can find mm -hmm. out what are some of the trends and things that might affect um, black people. Um, I like that what Alicia had, kind of point, uh, Alisa had uh, pointed out was that, um, and forgive me, Alisa, I don't know if that's the very wrong or not, you said but, it correctly, uh, Alisa. Alisa's correct. Yeah. I said it right. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a lot of things that you know, with the research uh, researchers and the data sets, and you know, having more people actually participate, um, that's what's really needed. And I like when she was mentioning that, you know, clinical trials are not always something that you have to take 
um, you know, or digest or something. A lot of times it's just participated in the survey, right, and letting uh, people know, like, within your area, you know, when you ask, answer certain questions like, do you smoke? Does your parents smoke? Um, have you had high blood pressure? You know, and then when you create, um, you know, add your your location, your zip code, they can correlate those things. And this this is one of the examples that I kind of use for people when it comes to participating in stuff that are just survey based clinical trials, is that when you share information about your location as well as with what's going on with your health history with you and your family, that information is very crucial to, you know, students, especially like at MSM who are doing research projects, you'd be amazed at what they can determine from a large data set of people who mm-hmm. participate. You know, like I said on the show uh, last night, you know, a lot of people that we engage with come from uh, the, the West End area here in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, it's pretty much a, a food desert. It's starting to get a little bit mm-hmm. better, but for the most most part, you know, there's uh, uh, low income, um, unsteady um, housing situations for most. Um, the 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 economy for uh, the black people in this community is not great. Um, and then on top of that, you have all these unhealthy places to where that you're getting your food from all the time. You got Popeyes, Church's Chicken. You smell that chicken grease in the air, and you and people just go crazy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a Absolutely. lot of things actually, actually, uh, you know, knowing this information actually helps researchers determine. Okay, maybe we need to figure out how to get some awareness about what people are eating in this area, maybe some type of programming that can help them make healthier choices. Um, Maybe we need to do an effort to try to get people to know where their local parks at or things of that nature. So everything is not always about, you know, taking something, but it's more so about just participating and engaging with it. But, you know, um, to to go back to your, your question about, you know, all the things that affect the African-American community and how does that relate to clinical trials is that, you know, you really have to kind of seek the information um, through, like, platforms like what you're doing here um, so that you'll know where do I need to go to if I want to find clinical trials that relate to um, black uh, black people in my community. Well, guess what? You go to Morehouse School of Medicine and you could go mm-hmm. through, uh, and look up the Clinical Research Center and they give you a long list of things that you can actually participate in. Now, it makes sense. And so um, not gonna, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time on this, but we have to talk about it. Um, you mentioned the idea of the importance of having that expanded data or data points. And, um, you, know, that's, you know, that to me is a perfect segue into what we experience with this, again, novel virus, uh, the, you know, the coronavirus kind of coming to fruition um, late you know, 2019. And as we went through that process, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of misinformation, but I think you could speak to this as well, uh, Arturo, just the idea of as we watch that process, 
we watch scientists, if you will, get more data points, as you said, right? And as they get more data points, they could give us more accurate information. And unfortunately, uh, I don't know if as a society we are as scientific literate as we should be, if you will, uh, but a lot of times people will take, for example, when the scientists say, well, we think it does this off a few data points, and then maybe three weeks later or a month later they got more data points and they changed their mind, people are saying, see, the scientists don't know what they're talking about, but actually it's the additional data points that actually made them give you more information later. And people never look at it like, well, it's the same person that told me that information is not the same. They look at it as they made right. a mistake. And I'm like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yep. it's like political discourse gets brought into the scientific world that ends up creating misinformation. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. But ultimately, I just kind of want to bring it back to this idea of this pandemic. And, and, and I I'm not saying I, I'm a, a layman lover of science. So, so, you know what I mean? So I don't claim to be in the field or whatever, but as much as the science is saying, I just try to repeat it. I feel that's an obligation on this platform just to at least get the information that out and let people decide for themselves. So much so, as I just said earlier, growing up in my life, I heard that blacks should participate more, uh, but nothing that really crossed my mind that I actually signed up for of all things, the first time I've ever signed up for a clinical trial was for the current um, COVID-19 um, vaccine. The, the, the day before I was supposed to go in for, you know, I guess, my first visit or whatever, I was, uh, I guess, ended up being a, a Pfizer a company or whatever. They filled it up, and so I'm waiting to hear um, again. But people were pretty much shocked as an African-American that I haven't broke down into all of the fear of this process because we know vaccines have been, you know, obviously looked at uh, in, a, in you know in a very negative way in our community and I'm not even telling people who have to agree with me I'm just saying not understanding the scientific process I think has led to some of what we see out there but any thoughts on that uh, we got about a minute before we're yeah. going to break and we'll continue that conversation um, after the break yeah so um, I think you touched on a lot of things there right and I think this is something that we have to just address head on is that there is a um, unmistakably trust issue when it comes to vaccines and clinical trials um, in the health system in general with black people because of, of the history, right? And when you have that and then from those sources, from back then, it's like you no longer kind of trust the source that it's coming from. So where are right. you getting the information from then, right? From more than likely, these are going to be untrusted sources, right? So I think a lot of it has to come through when you're actually not just, like, I think it's great that people just go participate in clinical trials, but what I think is more important than that is that you actually learn about the process of vaccines, about, you know, what happens if you want to take the vaccine, right? A lot of people don't know, like we actually did a segment um, um, with uh, our participants and some of the folks in uh, one of our research projects where we actually had one of our specializing in vaccines kind of just lay out from, uh, from the ground all the way to the distribution of how vaccines actually work. Um, and you'll be shocked that, you know, some stuff that I learned is that even when you take the vaccine, you might still 
have some, you know, very minor symptoms because that's the vaccine mm-hmm. actually working in your body, right? When you take Together, a vaccine, create think the, of it uh, like you said. Right. Right. Think mm-hmm. of it like you said in the future. Yeah, we have to get to break. <laughs> no, nah, absolutely. We up against the break. We'll continue right. this out of the break, but let's get into this history, and this is what this break is, is just really covering that long history because, again, we couldn't do this show without getting specific to the history and where that distrust come from. Uh, obviously, we understand it, um, and so we just want to dialogue through it because, as I said last night, uh, there, in my opinion, there's a crossroad that we have to hit to where we can balance out so again, some of that healthy skepticism uh, is warranted. It definitely comes from a good place, uh, but we have to balance it out to 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 also help ourselves, if I, if you will. But let's get into this history. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Growing up as an African American, I was always told by my parents to never let anyone make me a guinea pig, to never be anyone's guinea pig. Now, if you're African American, you probably have a good idea of what I mean because I think a lot of us are familiar with this phrase. What that means is don't ever let anyone experiment on you, uh, you know, make you sort of uh, the test subject. And you might say, well, gosh, where does that come from? Well, that's what we're talking about today, and especially as it relates to clinical trials with the COVID vaccine and so many other things. So let's go back in history for just a little bit. Okay, you guys know the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. Uh, if you don't, I'll tell you very briefly, this was a study, a government study that went on for about 40 years, ended around 1972 or so, in which almost 400 black men uh, were deliberately denied effective treatment for syphilis in order to document the natural history of, of the disease. Meaning they were not treated for syphilis even when they could have been to see what happens to somebody with syphilis. The men were misled, they were not told the truth, they were essentially guinea pigs. We can go back even further. Slaves and even free black people were often subjects for dissection and medical experimentation by doctors. Physicians also used poor whites as subjects as well. This is according to a, um, a quote and a source that I'll put in the comments. But black people were used far more often. In other words, they were guinea pigs. Another, slaves were often experimented on by doctors, given experimental surgeries, remedies, and other things that almost read like something that you would see or, or, or in a horror movie or read about in a, in a horror novel, all in the name of understanding and trying to figure out what would happen. They were guinea pigs. What we're talking about is exploitation. The history, the long history of not only racism and discrimination, but also exploitation, black people being exploited over the years in so many different ways, but one way, the one way I'm talking about today, is medically and through medicine. And what does exploitation like this do? Well, to anybody, it would make you skeptical, and rightfully so, right? Um, This is a quote from uh, one of the sources I will put below. African-Americans' beliefs that their lives are devalued by white society also influence their relationships with the medical professionals. They perceive at times correctly that they are treated differently in the healthcare system solely because of their race, and such perceptions fuel mistrust of the medical profession. Makes sense why that would be, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, years of, of systemic discrimination and racism, and then you've got exploitation and so many other things, causes skepticism, causes uh, conspiracy theories causes concerns, and in many ways, rightfully so, during the AIDS epidemic. And even now, of course, we're still in the midst of AIDS being a tragedy. But many black people have wondered for years if AIDS was created in a lab to destroy black people. Now, it sounds crazy, but maybe it doesn't sound so crazy when your people have gone through a history like what I described. Now, AIDS was not created in a lab to destroy people. 
but the conspiracy theory may certainly have taken root from this history of exploitation and the skepticism and the fear of becoming a guinea pig that comes with it. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Elisa Word, uh, our special guest, Atuaro McClaslin. Uh, this morning's discussion question, vaccines, clinical trials, and health studies, should blacks participate? As we hear another cut from Dr. John Cottle, just really just breaking it down real succinctly uh, what, 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 it, what we're always in a sense up against when it comes to this subject matter. Again, I mentioned prior to the break that uh, I have chosen to participate in of all things a COVID-19 uh, vaccine trial. Um, like I said, got bumped on this one, may hear back from them soon. But Elisa, if you will, I just want to hear your thoughts as you hear uh, Dr. John Cloud. Cotto just kind of break down that history and that perspective for, perspective for where that skepticism comes from. And again, you being a participant in trials, you obviously overcame it or didn't, you know, or wasn't it as a concern. Um, but one thing that she did say, and again, you can say what you want, but I just one thing that she really pointed out was that, you know, sometimes we still are treated very different. So when you kind of put it with the current treatment within the medical field, along with the history, then you get people that clearly paint broad brushes, say, hey, this happened in one area, and now we, in a sense, distrust sometimes the entire field, if you will. Go ahead, Queen. You know, it's funny that you mentioned her. Uh, she and I actually follow each other on Twitter, and um, okay. she's, really had some, she's really had some great work um, that, um, about this particular subject. Um, and I kind of just actually really wanted to piggyback on, on what your other guests have mentioned about the trust factor, you know, and a lot of people don't think about that circle of distrust. The distrust is you did something to me, I don't trust you, and I need you to prove to me that you're trustworthy. And then the, the, the clinicians say, okay, well, here, let's do this thing so I can show you that I can be trusted. And then I say, no, I don't trust you. And now it's this constant cycle of distrust that keeps on and on and on. Um, and we got to get to a point where we say, okay, I want grandmama healed from hypertension. How do I get something so grandmama can be healed? I got to participate. So those are yeah, kind of my some thoughts people, on that. No, no, no doubt. I'm no sorry, say again. And the thing is, Oh no 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 no! Yeah, I, I, no, I love that thought. But the, you know, I, but you when you say how do I get something, um, to a certain extent, we move from that the medical field to sometimes other remedies like natural remedies that can be great, but sometimes some people don't realize that there are people in that field that exploit that that fear of ours Absolutely. as well. You know it, what I mean? I've had a, example, a natural path. Okay. Yep. I had a naturopathic doctor on, so I'm an advocate of, in a sense, the holistic approach. In, but well, advocate of in combination. Um, like even when I had the naturopathic on, Dr. Houston, she just mentioned right. the idea that for all that she can do, she definitely has the, you know, the, in a sense, the expertise to say this is you. You need, you know, you need to go to this part, this field for this particular thing. And so, quite often, we're running from things that we against. We need, or we need more data points on. Uh, we actually got. Got a caller, if you will. I'm gonna to go to the caller real quick, and I'll get your thoughts um, after the caller, if you will, um, Atuara. If anybody out there that's sure. on the phone line, if you're on the line, you have to press one to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight six 
I'm sorry, 646-787-1691. This is Brother Pianchi out of St. Louis. What you got for us, King? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I call you Chief Pianchi now. So what you got for us? Well, I'm in Louisiana. Uh, this morning, uh, Chief. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you are you are out of Louisiana today? Okay, got you. I'm just always telling where you. You know, one time, you travel. Uh, one time I had one time there was a need to take a 200 foot radio tower off of, a, I think it was a 25 story building. The owner was uh, didn't trust anybody, and I told him I would do it and I would put the people to do the job that I trust. So here's the thing: yes, blacks should participate in clinical trials and health studies. Others should too, because every species or ethnic group brings a different biological makeup with them that may offer something that others don't offer in the perfection of a vaccine or other medicine. And another point, if we don't trust doctors, why come blacks are not producing more doctors out of their own ethnic groups? Why come more black children are not going into the medical field? And why come there is not an asserted effort in order to prepare young students as they come into school age and journey through their educational journey? Why aren't they being prepared at a greater number than what we currently see? It takes a lot of effort not, in order mm-hmm. to solve a problem. You mind if I no, I'm glad that? you brought that question. Yeah, please go ahead. Please go ahead. Yeah, please approach it. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, so um, uh, thank you so much for, uh, you know, those comments and, uh, you know, asking those those questions. And, you know, at, at Morehouse School of Medicine, um, you know, we are, you know, leading the, the, uh, the creation and advancement of health equity. And one of the ways that we actually do that is by um, creating that pipeline for more, you know, uh, black people to actually participate in or become, you know, a doctor per se, because you're exactly right. We need more uh, African-American, more black doctors, um, you know, in these, uh, um, these institutions. So you're, you're exactly right on that. So we actually have something that's going on at Memorial School of Medicine where there's a, uh, a concerted effort to outreach to, um, you know, those schools like uh, the Tuskegee mm-hmm. uh, uh, TAG, the Tuskegee uh, Airmen Academy. I think I'm, I'm, I'm saying that wrong, but it's uh, TAG, which is a local um, elementary school to where that we actually um, mentor um, for quite some time where we have, like, people from my staff and faculty actually mentor kids over there um, so they can kind of get an interest in um, the medical field. You know, when it comes to, like, trust and people, mm-hmm. you know, being more diverse and participating um, in research, I think, like I said, I think it's great, right? I think what's even more important is that how we engage and ask questions. Like, when we participate in these clinical trials, or even when you go to your doctor's visit, you shouldn't be silent. This is a perfect opportunity for you to kind of, like, really learn about, okay, what is really going on? Right with um, our study um, at the Auburn Research Project, you know, we have like uh, these several surveys that you have to take, and then we also have a uh, another section of this where you have to do a blood and urine sample. You know, one of the questions that uh, we kind of just encourage people when they go through the process, we have a lot of professionals there, you know, a lot of young people who are actually conducting these studies. 
um, as well as uh, physicians that we have on site. The first thing you should start doing is asking them, hey, why are you taking my blood? What are you going to be using it for? What's the whole process of when I do these surveys and what's going to be collected and how this is going to be used? These are a lot of the questions that we kind of hear from the community uh, when it comes to these studies, just seeking out um, that information to get a better understanding of it. Um, it's so important, um, you know, the, the caller uh, mentioned just having, you know, a diverse population and uh, a lot of people participating in these projects so we can determine a lot of these things. Um, but uh, Montoya, I just also want to just address really quick. Can I say one thing, too, play. before you get off, yeah, sir? Go yeah, go ahead. First of all, you from Morehouse, I want to congratulate you for what that institution do and the part that you play. I am so proud of Morehouse. And, you know, another point is that the children that come into your institution are not as prepared as well as they should be, whereas they can hit your institution running rather than being stymied with ketchup. That has to start way back at the other end of their elementary school spectrum where they are giving the things and the subjects than the tasks that they need to have. So it's the part that they hit Morehouse. They can hit Morehouse with both feet on the ground and run it. And I work hard to try to produce that too, working with organizations like NSBE, the National Society of Black Engineers. But congratulations to you, young man. I really appreciate you. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. I, I, I really, I really yeah, thank that. you. Now, nah, thank you, brother Pianca. We are unfortunately we are up against another break, so we'll get to you know we'll let you finish your thoughts coming out of the break, um, Atarara. Thank you again, brother Pianca. We got another caller that wants to get in as well. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Alisa Word. MoneyMotivation.com. Go check them out. It's an urban streetwear brand for those that are getting to it. If you're on your entrepreneur rise, this is a brand that will support you in more than clothing, but in attitude 
and ideas. So keep them, keep them in mind. Thank them for being a long-time sponsor. This morning's discussion question, vaccines, clinical trials, and health studies, should blacks participate? Our special guest, Arturo McCaslin. Uh, we do have a caller that wants to get in, but Arturo, I want to let you finish your thoughts um, after uh, Brother Pianchi called in with his excellent thoughts. And if I can just say this real quick before you go, uh, definitely um, love encouraging our community to, in a sense, uh, fill the cup, the, what is the cup, if I'm saying it right, um, fill up, basically fill up STEM specifically in this area. I think that if we see more people that looks like us, I think it builds some of that trust. But go ahead, if you will, um, Atuara. Yeah, so, you know, when it comes back to uh, trust, um, you know, I think that trust has to be, you know, earned back, Right. And that, you know, the role that, you know, uh, the team at Moscow School of Medicine Clinical Research Center is that building those relationships so people kind of, you know, look to us as a trusted source to actually learn more about clinical research and also participate. Um, that's something that's not going to come overnight, right? Um, we talk to mm-hmm. oof, thousands, <laughs> thousands of black people about clinical research and the trust, uh, privacy, as well as benefit all play key factors in uh, what we found for black people to actually participate. Um, You know, when it comes to privacy, you know, candidates, candidates, you know, people are wary of providing sensitive information, you know, trust, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, underrepresented marginalized communities are distrustful efforts, which historically have exploited them while simultaneously subjecting them to harm, you know, going back to the Tuskegee Institute. And just the benefit, um, it's difficult to communicate the near-term and mid-term tangible benefits to the targeted communities um, because, you know, with black people, and I'm pretty sure your listeners and the folks on this, uh, um, on the call right now would say that with most black people, we are really focused in on what is this going to do for me right now, you know, we are mm-hmm. a lot of our people, a lot of our brothers and our sisters, they're living on a day to day of just getting day to day. So if they don't feel the effects from it right now, then they're not going to really see the benefit in it. Right. I mean, yeah, we do provide, you know, compensation for like traveling and stuff. But the more important thing is outside of that money for participating is the real value is once you participate, how is that going to affect your community? Not just for you right now, we have to start thinking generationally about these things. A perfect example is look how the syphilis study, not just the health implications and the harm that was done to the participants, but look at how the syphilis study has shaped the view of clinical Mm -hmm. trials with black communities, right? How many generations Mm -hmm. ago did that happen? So it's going to take that type of effort to people to participate and to also get that trust again so that we can start saying that, guess what? When I listened to um, uh, the Mental Dialogue show and heard Elisa and Atu Ara speak about clinical research, generations from now, how does this conversation educate and affect our community three to four generations from now? So that's how we got to start thinking a little bit further outside of our own lifespan, but how is this going to affect my children's children's children? 
Hey, I love that. It's actually a plug for um, our mission here, which is to create a virtual neighborhood in which African-Americans uh, get rid of that historical distrust amongst one another so that we trade goods, services, and ideas such as this. And we uh, and I tell people in my inner circle that, that even the concept of mental dialogue is a hundred year plan. Uh, if we if we always say that there, in a sense, was what happened to us over the last three hundred, four hundred years in this country, then it, it, it's not going to be an overnight fix. And we have to, in my opinion, implement, as you just said, long term thinking to eventually affect the other, the newer generation, so that they can think different. And and, and I always say you can't act right unless you think right. Let's go to a, a caller. Uh, area code eight one seven last three six nine one. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. What's up, Mental Dialogue Community? This is Mickey Dalton out of Arlington, Texas. Um, love the topic. Hey, what's up, King? Thanks, um, for, now, thanks for calling in, King. My pleasure, man. Um, so, one reason. So, first of all, let me acknowledge. I understand people's inherent concerns. Uh, understand the history behind clinical trials and the guinea pig phenomenon and all that. So I want to acknowledge that up front. Um, while I'm not about to go run out myself, um, given the right to change my mind, you know, given new information, today I'm not going to go around and jump in a COVID-19 trial. But with more information, I probably <laughs> would. But I do want to bring attention to something that happened back in 2001. Uh, there was a clinical trial that was started. Now, this is for a pharmaceutical drug, but I think the story will make sense. It was a clinical trial uh, looking at 1,050 self-identified African Americans uh, with heart failure, and this this study started because in a previous study they noticed that the subpopulation of African Americans seemed to have done better uh, with a certain combination of drugs. So they looked at uh, what is now called Bidil. You can research this drug. B i d i l um, has something called a bidilatory effect on the heart, affecting preload and afterload. Not to get too technical, but they looked at this study, and three years later, they saw that there were there appeared to be significant uh, positive results African Americans uh, with heart failure, in that it led to a 39% reduction in hospitalizations, 43% uh, reduction wow. in hospitalization, and a 47% reduction in heart attacks. Uh, now, fast forward quickly, and I'll come back. The, the, it's now highly controversial, and everybody's picking the study apart. My point by saying this is that by increasing um, our participation in clinical trials, it could lead to customized medicine for us um, in this case. And at the time, and I think today, it is the only drug that has ever been indicated for a race, so African-Americans with heart failure. Um, and one of the key benefits, one reason why they believe the theory that came out of that was that uh, African-Americans appear to benefit more from the release of nitric oxide in our system uh, opening up your arteries and your veins so that blood can flow more, mm -hmm. more freely. And for those that don't know, heart failure is the inability for the left ventricle to to push, uh, so to speak, blood through your body effectively, measured by one one parameter called ejection fraction. So once the the amount of blood is below 25%, uh, it, you're in like stage four heart failure. So I know we have a doctor mm -hmm. who can me on that. But my point is our participation could lead to uh, more customized therapies for us, particularly when there's tremendous disparities in not only the access but effectiveness of drugs when it comes to diabetes, a heart failure, cancer, so on and so forth. So um, research that, um, check it out, and I just wanted to put that out there, that there could be a long-term benefit, generational effect 
if we can get over some of these concerns, educate ourselves, and participate more. Hey, excellent three cents, King. Uh, wow, right. thanks for the call. Um, all to, uh, I probably forgot to warn you, I do have the smartest audience in all of radio, and I think you just figured that out. You do, man. <laughs> They're uh, very smart. Uh, no. <laughs> no, absolutely, or whatever. And and, and what and, and it actually segues us, uh, which I was going to do at the top of the hour anyway, but we'll, shoot, we'll do it a little sooner because of what he just said. Um, I'll let both of you kind of address it. Uh, matter of fact, let's, let's still save this part for the top of the hour, but I just want to mention it because it's perfect because your study, from what I understand, is about customized. Um, health benefits and outcomes for our community, um, and we'll jump, you know, into maybe into some of those particulars. Uh, but I, guess, I think I, I think I definitely want a response from both of you, um, Alisa. You being a participant, I'll let you kind of respond to um, Mickey's thoughts first, and then Arthur, I'll let you kind of close it out, go into the break, and then we'll get into the particulars of your of your study at the top of the hour. Um, Alisa, any thoughts um, to what we just heard? Because I think what um, Mickey just called in and said is 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 two things I took. And I'll say it very quickly and let you say this, Queen. But the one thing I took was it was, like he said, it was another study that kind of led to this, let's see what happens in this area. And they, as, as he said, there's, and this is, the, I think, the beauty of science. They're, they're, as he said, they're looking at it now thoroughly. And this is what we kind of miss with the process, that they, they pushed it, they're still studying it, and science is still trying to figure it out. But in him mentioning that, there, there's, there's, until I, I, I knew this because I've talked to Mickey before on another, another show about this, but prior to him telling me this, we would never even think that, in a sense, the medical field, which we distrust so much, we wouldn't even think that they would be focused on something for the benefit of us. So it's almost like it works both ways if we get out of that place of complete distrust. Go ahead, Queen. Any thoughts about what that king had to say? Uh, but, again, thank you for that call, uh, Mickey. No, I, I think that um, I think that that's great. Everything that he had to say was a lot of what I, what I've actually been thinking. And, and there have been a lot of um, drugs that have been used for various things that they found out that there was a benefit, you know, for a certain population. But they can't find these things out unless we self-report, unless we get into these health studies, unless we take part in these clinical trials. And I think. Um, you know, to our point is that, you know, you've got to learn. You've got to get the education about it and do the research. We don't have those Encyclopedia Britannica sitting on our, on our shelves collecting dust anymore. We have Google. We have everything. And not to say that it's a perfect thing, but you can find those scholarly articles. You can find that information for yourself, and you can ask the questions. And if you don't like the answers, then guess what? Find another study or find another physician that makes more sense or somebody who was at least willing to educate you. Um, so I think that everything that's been said so far has been great. No, I love it. Uh, we got a yeah, uh, Arthur, any thoughts about that? Um, let me throw this out there too for anybody listening. Um, I know I had one sister. Um, she had a very disheartening story in relation to what we we're talking about. So I hope she calls in today. Let me throw that number out here just in case she's listening. Six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Because I do want to make it clear for all of the encouragement that we, in a sense, seem to be on the same accord in this situation. Uh, we are definitely open to um, everything is not peaches and cream, and we absolutely understand that. Not only do we understand the distrust, but there be people that have had real-life experiences that give them a right to distrust as well. So we are definitely open to those thoughts and opinions as well. Um, yeah, but go ahead, um, Arturo. Any thoughts on uh, Lisa or what Mickey had to say? I know you were kind of jumping in, but go ahead. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, for one, I think, uh, you know, him talking about the, the, the long-term benefits of that particular study is pretty spot on for what it means to kind of participate in what are the short and long-term benefits. I mean, participation is an opportunity to learn more about you, your health, um, and it empowers you to share this information with your loved ones, like your children or partners or with your health care provider or uh, just like what the brother just did, you know, to guide conversations about, you know, your health and everything. So I think it's wonderful that, you know, we have people out there who have, you know, uh, and, and no pun intended because I know today your, uh, your audience be called the truth seekers, but that's exactly what you actually have to do. You have to seek and find the truth and educate yourself um, on the importance of these things. There are a lot of long-term benefits from people participate, from black people participating in these research studies, and he gave a perfect example um, of one. No, absolutely. We are at the top of the hour. At the top of the hour, we always showcase uh, one of our sponsors' uh, music, Square Business Entertainment. This is Taylor Places. Can't think about you. So sit back and enjoy this tune a little bit, little bit, and we'll get back into this discussion. Vaccines, clinical trials, and health studies. Should blacks participate? The number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. When an old couple prays, the sky full of sun rays, taking helicopter rides over the Frisco Bay, and roller coaster rides, winning first prize. When people are truly happy. perhaps we might be reluctant to participate in clinical trials, right? And to try other things. We might be reluctant to take vaccines or certain medications. 
Um, and, and I don't want to paint a broad stroke and say this is the reason for everything. This is not. But it's a part of history we have to consider. We still live in an era of systemic uh, racism. We still live in an, in an environment where exploitation happens. Now, I can say that medically we have moved forward. But is this something that we still need to work on? Absolutely. But what I do know as an African-American physician and woman of color is that we have to have a seat at the table. We have to become a part of this dialogue. We have to be able to participate in understanding what treatments and therapies work best for us. We've got to be a part of that process. We do know that some medications and vaccines and things work better for, for some people and not for others. And we have to play a role in this. We do. Again, things are not perfect. And it's not over. But many aspects of medicine have improved. And we as African Americans must be a part of this dialogue. This is a reason to become engaged. I'm asking you to ask your doctor about clinical trials for the COVID vaccine and others, about the COVID vaccine, about other vaccines, the flu vaccine, anything that you are worried and concerned about. I want you to have an honest and open conversation with your doctor because it's so important. And I want to tell you that, number one, um, would I participate in a clinical trial? I absolutely would. Am I an organ donor? I am. And will I get the COVID vaccine? I absolutely will. What I do know is that we have to be a part of this process. We have to have a seat at the table and we have to have a role in this dialogue. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Elisa Word. Top of the hour, Taylor Pace. Again, shout out to Square Business Entertainment. Find them on all streaming music platforms. I uh, just love them bringing that real R&B. As again, we hear another cut from Dr. John uh, Cottle. I'm just breaking down her perspective. As she said, an African-American sister, um, you know, even to shout out another African-American sister in the in that field, Dr. Aletha Maybanks, the first African-American um, head of the American Medical Association, has in a sense been imploring our community, particularly with the COVID-19 um, pandemic, knowing that we, we went through that experience, you know, the little myth of, you know, black people couldn't get it at first when it was first trying to figure out what it was. And, you know, that was, a, again, just a little conspiracy and a thought out there. And then in actuality, uh, due to a lot of other health issues that are already pre-existing within our community, Community, it really was no surprise that as it spread across the country that to a certain extent African-American African-Americans were hit more um, so uh, you know obviously it became fodder in the news and you know that propaganda and stuff like that gets misused and and upsets the community and, and we fight against it with more disdain uh, but I, but I still think that in a sense more of our people getting into the field can create that trust as we listen to our special guests, um, you know, Atuara McCaslin break down what work they're doing over at Morehouse to not only affect it at the pipeline level as far as getting youth more interested in the field, uh, but just what they're actually doing with educating people and my co-host, uh, Lisa herself, being a long-time participant in these trials, again, just trying to encourage you to take in the information uh, and, and figure it out for yourself versus only listening to the negativity that drives us from things that possibly could help us. Uh, but if you will, um, Atuara, I think it's a perfect time to, to a certain extent, segue into um, one of the studies y'all are particularly doing, again, I know you've been part of a lot of studies, but um, all of us is particularly involved, from what I understand, 
a, a study that maybe, again, kind of like what you alluded to earlier, this situation is not necessarily uh, having to take a pill or anything of that nature, uh, but y'all are very focused on for what I understand, customized outcomes from our community. If you will, go ahead and speak to that, King. Dr. did we lose you? I'm sorry. I was still, my phone was still mute. I'm, I'm on apologies. So okay, no problem. Moment, no problem. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> so at the moment, you know, healthcare is, is often like a one-size-fits-all, right? So I want everybody to kind of just imagine, you know, to where that we have a future where that our health care is more tailored to us, specifically black people. Um, you know, how do we make that actually happen? Um, you know, we want to, with this all this research project, is creating a resource that allows researchers uh, to be able to conduct a lot of different studies on health and disease, right? Um, this is a long-term study that lasts uh, 10 years. Uh, what it actually involves, if people are interested in participating and learn more about it, they can go to msm.edu forward slash all of us. Um, you know, if you're interested in actually becoming a participant, a partner in this study, uh, you will have to just take, you know, three health surveys. As I mentioned before, a lot of times uh, health studies don't always involve um, you have to actually digest something, right? So you take three health, three surveys. After you complete those three surveys, you can actually do this at home or on the, um, the All of Us, the Joint All of Us mobile app. After you do these surveys, uh, one of our team members, they will actually call you, and then you can find out a little bit more about what's going on with this particular study, questions that you might have. Um, like I said, you know, our team is, you know, everybody has, uh, you know, backgrounds in public health. Uh, some people are aspiring to be black doctors. Um, as well as looking forward to being the, um, having a, um, a career in clinical research. You can get a chance to ask them those questions, and after that, you would come in um, to fully enroll. Um, you can do your surveys uh, at one of our enrollment sites uh, at MSM campus or at Grady Hospital. Um, if you haven't did your surveys at home, after that, you would do a physical measurement, which is your height um, and your weight, as well as uh, biosample collection, that's blood and urine. Um, then after that whole process happens, uh, you know, everything is taken to a biobank. It has different layers of security. Um, and if, some, if a researcher or a scientist wants to get access to that information, there's a process that they have to go through to get approval to actually access that. You know, can't make money from it. Uh, what is your project about? Um, but this goes back to that larger data set and everything. But after you participate in it, that is not the end of your journey. You can continue to participate as much or as little as you actually want because there are additional pieces of information, I mean, are different um, activities or opportunities to participate after that because we want to retain people within this ecosystem of not just all of this research project, but just clinical research as a whole. So after you participate, you will get, you know, emails and communications about uh, participating in, um, you know, virtual events that we actually do where we further educate people um, on different aspects of clinical research. Um, you might get emails about uh, if you want to participate in another survey um, right now, we actually have a COVID-19 survey that's circulating around to people who actually participated. So 
there are long-term benefits for that. You can continue to participate as much, as little as you actually want to. Um, if you guys want to just, you know, I'm do, do a quick plug and then I'm going to shut up. You know, if you guys want to, you know, well, plug connect with us we don't bring you on here media. not to plug yourself. So, now nah, go ahead, please plug. <laughs> right. We're going to so have to do it at the end again, plug. but go ahead and do it now because, yeah, please go ahead and do it now. And we'll do it again at the end, too. Yes. Sure, sure. So, because there's some other rich information about vaccines. If you just look for us on social media, just uh, type in all of us MSM, um, and then you'll find some more information about uh, what it is that we're um, currently doing. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it in the nutshell um, in regards to what our project is. We are in our, we just began our third year. Um, the fifth year is the end of the enrollment um, period. But like I said, this is a 10-year uh, program to where that we're going to further engage with you after you um, become a participant in this study. Now, it sounds good. Um, when Cheryl reached out to me about, you know, obviously getting this information out to our community, and again, this mental dialogue platform, again, we just want to get the information out. Um, is when I was just kind of when she was kind of explaining it to me, I was surprised to hear that to a certain extent that that you're seeking out more African American women, and I was surprised because of my thought process within like health in general uh, within our community, which is uh, in a sense women are groomed to in a sense get you you know yearly checkups if not more, and you know to a certain extent African American men in general. We 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 kind of don't we typically don't do that as much, and so I was surprised that a a, a big portion that y'all were looking for was African American women, and then that's what she broke down just based on as you say that ecosystem uh, is 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 that a lot of black men unfortunately who for example she mentioned just to throw this out there and again it's just putting things in perspective uh, maybe being homeless and because of the compensation they end up participating a little more so one of the needs was African American women so I don't know if maybe you could just speak to that for maybe you know just out there listening um, if you could speak to that need yeah so surprisingly enough when we first started this and you're exactly right women uh, tend to participate or be an active participant within healthcare period, right, and with uh, clinical research. And surprisingly to, um, to us, after doing this so far for three years, we have more African-American males participating um, than women, right? Um, you know, we're primarily just trying to reach out to African-American men, but we were just as surprised um, to kind of like hear that as well um, from when we just looked at the data, it's like, wow, we got a lot of African-American, we got a lot of black men that are participating in this project. Um, that's great. So, uh, you know, we had to figure out, well, why are women <laughs> participating? Uh, and just oddly enough, it was just really where we were actually doing our outreach to, right? And, okay. you know, there is really more of a need for uh, black men to participate than, than I would say, uh, uh, women. But this okay. particular study we're not really targeting one or the other, but we are finding mm-hmm. that we're having more more men than women that are actually participating in it. Um, some of the things that we're doing is just uh, looking at other avenues to where that we can kind of communicate and uh, do outreach. Um, you know, one of the reasons why black women in particular are so important when it comes to healthcare and uh, is that they are the, the the, the everything of the family, right? If 
the, right. the, 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 the woman in your, in your life or your mother or your auntie and stuff like that, if they are eating healthy and doing healthy habits, the family tends to follow the lead of the woman in the family, uh, the mother in the family, to actually do these, these things. So that's why you kind of hear, and um, you probably hear this a lot, that, you know, that's why you try to get, you get African-American women in the household to do what they need to do, then pretty much everybody in the family is going to follow Everybody else is on board. Nah, that makes yep. sense. Uh, absolutely makes sense. Uh, we're actually up against the break. Elise, I definitely want to see if you have any questions about this, again, from your perspective or just any thoughts you want to give um, coming out of the break. Anybody else that wants to get in or have any questions about this study or just dialogue, again, uh, obviously we're advocating that we get be more involved, but we're willing to hear all the stories. That's what we do at Mental Dialogue. It's not one way or the other. We want to dialogue it out even when you disagree. So if you're out there saying, I hear what you're saying, but I don't trust it. Please call in. We want to hear that perspective as well. The number is 646-787-1691, 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com. 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Dot com. Call them at 404-465-4348. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Elisa Word. This morning's discussion question, vaccines, clinical trials, and health studies, should blacks participate? Our special guest is Arturo McCaslin from the Aldous us research program at Morehouse School of Medicine. Um, if you will, Elisa, any thoughts or uh, any questions possibly for Arturo about his study? Again, I was a little, a little surprised to find out, you know, in this situation he has more men involved than women. Um, but as he spoke to, that's not typical. Um, so definitely. Um, but either way, um, your thoughts, Queen. Um, so I actually had a couple of questions. Other, I know, like, you're on this podcast today, but what other ways are you um, utilizing to, to get the word out, and what specific areas have you targeted already in Georgia? Um, so pretty much any, we're trying to do anything that works, <laughs> right? So what we're actually doing, we're targeting. Um, so so let me talk about it in, in, in these terms. So post-pandemic, what we were doing before the pandemic. What we were doing was actually doing a lot of uh, face-to-face uh, direct community engagement, where that um, we would go to uh, local health fairs, churches, um, opportunities to kind of like speak to a larger audience um, and doing just uh, – day-to-day type of engagement at some of the clinic sites, like at Grady 
all within Morehouse Healthcare. Um, we were doing, uh, you know, going to events, um, uh, both things that we've done um, and things also within the MSM um, community um, in regards to how we would actually do our outreach. Um, Moa School of Medicine, one of our cornerstone things that we actually do really well is just our community engagement, that we actually do a lot of work um, in the surrounding community uh, around um, building health equity um, in that community. Now, during the pandemic, I'm pretty sure everybody knows, things, things had to was mm-hmm. a little different, right, where we had to actually start um, one of the things that reason why we was doing face-to-face so much is that um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but on social media, but people don't tend to interact or engage with a lot of health content that's put out online, right? So it was a challenge trying to find that right messaging online. So a lot of our mm-hmm. interactions took place face-to-face versus digital. So when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh, wow, we really need to start figuring out how do we adapt in the digital space. We know there's challenges, but mm-hmm. now it's almost like we're forced into this digital right. space. And it's definitely um, uh, has been a challenge, but we've learned a lot during this time, during the pandemic. One of the things that we do, uh, Alisa, is that we, um, we have started kind of like this digital campaign to where that we actually create virtual events for people who currently participate or folks who just want to know um, additional information where we conduct like several events. We actually have one that's coming up um, on November 18th called ALU Live. And these events are where we have um, health professionals from within the Moa School of Medicine's um, uh, uh, family as well as people from the community actually come and talk about their experience with the All of Us Research Project. Uh, we do things like virtual book clubs to where that we actually choose um, an article or a book uh, for people to actually read, and then we actually gather in one space and discuss and ask questions. Um, usually we have somebody who either wrote the article or knows about the subject actually participate to have people uh you know, learn a little bit more about that particular subject. The last one we did, um, surprisingly, was on vaccines, where we had one of the um, the faculty um, members, uh, faculty and staff, uh, Dr. Lily Immergluck, who specializes in vaccines, actually come and talk about um, and ask some questions about that subject of vaccines. So, um you know, we're doing a lot of different things. I think there's always room to kind of like improve and figure out what's the best space, but we're hoping with this layer of digital interaction that we're um, refining and getting better at, that that's going to complement what we're doing with people. Um, what, what I really think that is like really on the ground, boost to the ground, uh, grassroots organizing around clinical research. That's good to know. I actually might have some thoughts around that. Maybe we can discuss offline. Yeah. Um, Thank you. We also just announced this initiative called the Local Champions um, uh, Campaign to where that we actually been, um, you know, identifying organizations who find some interest in the work that we're doing to partner up with um, to help, you know, further do outreach as well as um, 
um, educational opportunities for the community as well. So we're we're actively doing that right now. No, absolutely. And um, like I say, you were able, you were, yeah, you were fortunate enough to again experience our invite only event last night. And so I'm pretty sure you kind of figured out, if nothing else, I'm I'm the plug. And so uh, I want you to hear. Elisa, when she says she may have some thoughts on that, um, she's um, very in-depth in getting information out, knowing how to do that, connected, especially to African-American women. So, again, if that is something that is a concern of yours, and she, like she said, she says she has some thoughts on it. So I definitely will lo- I always love when we have what I call them on-air connections because at, a, at the end of the day, um, I'm not joking when I'm saying I'm trying to create this virtual neighborhood for African-Americans all across the country. And when we have on-air connections like this that possibly can you know lead to actual action that becomes a testimony for us being more than just a talk show if you will uh, but I know a lot of times people uh, I always like to highlight this when people in a sense focused on you know do we talk too much or whatever and I say well if we spent the 30 years talking about the wrong things we're not going to do the right actions anyway so you know we got to talk about the right stuff first um, to get the right action and so um, I definitely feel like in a sense this conversation you know is, is a, a piece or that seed or if you will that rock that hits the that that spreads out um, as Atuara mentioned earlier the idea of future generations uh, being able to get into this space more so that we can have with something I know as a community we relate to the customized aspect of health like that is definitely what gets used in the holistic and natural space and again uh, again I think it takes a combination of both but that is something that that is a big advocate and a sense since there is distrust in this one area that is used very effectively uh, in in the mm-hmm. holistic space. And so I do know that, or I hope that hearing, for example, an All of Us program that is creating a program that's trying to distinguish and make future medicine specific to our community. I hope that is music, uh, in a sense, to our community's ears uh, and that the disdain for, in a sense, the medical field is, is not that we can't hear that's an opportunity because that's one of our biggest knocks is one size doesn't fit all. Like I definitely hear that consistently for why people have not only the historical distrust, but the current distrust for why they might not get checked out or might not get seen because they feel like it's not particular to, as some people have mentioned, things that are different to us. So again, I'm highlighting what y'all are doing because in my opinion, it sounds a lot like, what gets effectively used in the quote-unquote holistic community when it comes to, you know, natural remedies and holistic medicines, again, which, you know, naturally we, we are prone to. And, I, and I, again, I'm with that. I don't want anybody to hear me as, in a sense, as I, I, I'm against that. Uh, but for those who know me well, I always say the answer is always in the middle and rally on, and the truth rarely lives on the extremes. And, and, and unfortunately, as a, as a, as a society, uh, we actually have all dialogues, even things that could help Help us. We typically have them on the extreme, so I know we've been able to avoid that. For the caller that's out there, you do have to press one if you want to speak. Um, I see you out there, eight six four. If you're just listening, no problem. Um, anybody online that wants to get in, six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, if you're a first time listener, we do not have to call this show and agree with us. We welcome the discourse. That's why we call it mental dialogue. We dialogue it out. And so again, I know there are a lot of fears out there. I definitely want to. Uh, or, or even solid people feel very solid in their position for why what we're you know what we're saying is not okay 
And so either way, I want to hear those thoughts if they're out there. Uh, for those who really know how we conduct the show, typically I would have brought that person on if I could have, get, you know, in a sense, because I want to make sure we are asking and dialoguing this out from the perspective that maybe we're not considering since in a sense the the reality is it's pretty clear that all three of us are are, our advocates. Um, Elisa having participated in trials throughout her years, uh, me signing up again for my first one. So I haven't been through one, but clearly I'm okay with it. And it would, and you know, obviously Arturo coming with his, Arturo coming with his background, uh, again, encouraging our community to, to get involved. So I know I just kind of said a lot there, um, but I'll just throw it to either one of you, you can kind of just jump in where you fit in. Or if, I think you mentioned you might have had another question um, as well for, for Arturo, uh, Elisa, if so, please go with that. But either way, I'm just kind of, just kind of bringing it off all together and just kind of massaging it out, if you will. But either way, uh, either one of you can kind of jump in and add to those thoughts, if you will. I just wanted to, one thing I just wanted to, to say is that, you know, we we live in this, this culture that is very individualistic in nature. And if we really want to think about, you know, where we've come from, where our people come from, what we've done, everything from, you know, Africa to any of the other islands that we've had, you know, blacks be part of in history um, to, to to being here now um, in today and thinking about the, the I want to think tribal on this, right? And when I think tribal, I think about us helping each other and doing things for each other. And the way that we currently live in, in, in this nation now is more individualistic than it is um, collectivist, collective. And if this being able to be a part of this allows us to take ownership of our health, of our health care, of what we do. And that's something that's very important for us to do. So many of us don't feel like we own enough things that impact us. We can own this. And certainly there have been studies that I've invited to be part of that I just didn't want to do because I didn't feel that that was right for me or I had more questions than I had answers. But there have been other ones that I've been part of that have just been simple, like, you know, when, when I told I talked before about, foods that people can get. We have food deserts all over the United States, and there are organizations like the Food Equality Initiative that I know of, just in my personal community, that helps to get food to people who have, you know, limited foods that they can actually eat. But just by knowing what's in your particular community and what it's missing can be the difference not only just for you, but for your kids, your friends, your family, for everybody, and even especially really in the end for yourself to know that this is part of your legacy. So I just really want to encourage people, find the right one for you. Find the one that makes sense for you, and you are going to get something out of it. You are going to learn something more. And that knowledge that we have, no matter what people think of us as a people, as a culture, they can't take our knowledge away. So get your knowledge. Go out and learn and educate yourself about this stuff and be part of it. And, and you know, until the other caller mentioned about, you know, getting our kids to be doctors, you know, getting them in the medical field. We have to push that because it's really important because otherwise if we don't, then it's like we keep identifying a problem, but we're not willing to identify or take part in the solution. We've got to be able to be the ones to take our power and do something with that to help ourselves. 
No, I love that. We're up against the break. Perfect segue. And, you know, and, and I'm glad you even brought that back up, Elisa, because it reminded me, you know, getting, um, even looking at the data since the 70s, for example, of all the different demographics in the country, um, African-Americans is the only demographic where the, the number of doctors entering the field has decreased since the 70s. And so, um, it, it, you know, I think even the disdain that we have from the, as in a sense, from the patient end, even hurts us on the idea of entering, you know, the idea of, you know, you know, being a doctor or a lawyer, you know what I mean? It's kind of all, you know, when you're a kid, that's something that you thought about being or whatever. I'm just wondering, you know, how much is that getting encouraged if I'm, if the only demographic that's decreasing uh, in in the field is, you know, is African-American, I think males specifically have decreased since the 70s, the last time I looked at the numbers. So I'm glad you brought that back up. Again, we are against the break. It's another cut. From Square Business Entertainment and Taylor Pace, uh, Rough Patch, which is their latest uh, single. We'll listen to a little bit of that, and we'll come back and continue this morning's discussion question. All I ask is that you think. Yeah. Hate it when you get frustrated, and I cannot figure out why our relationship's in a coma. In my past, you gotta let me live that down. There's no trust, eagles won't discuss why we're not talking right now. Problems will always arise, but we don't have to act like this. This storm too shall pass. A good time is what I miss. Can we cut each other some slack? We got an inch that's up to scratch. Promise we'll get on track. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Welcome back to the Better Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Elisa Word. This morning's discussion question, vaccines, clinical trials, and health studies, should blacks participate? Our special guest, Arturo McClasson, from all of us, research program at Morehouse School of Medicine, um, 
And I'm going to segue it back to this, again, this current pandemic. As again, thank you all for all the information, uh, great comments, um, Lisa, uh, going into that break. Again, just encouraging our community to be involved and think next level because you, I think you've heard me say this before, American individualism has not served our collective community uh, well at all. And I say collective more from a historical um, standpoint because, you know, at the end of the day, for the most part, even we have bought into American individualism and so you lose sight of that responsibility to the next generation so as as both of you have said sometimes the participation uh, will, may not even be directly for you um, but in an individualistic society that makes you prone to not consider that but if you realize there is an obligation to your legacy then you know taking part in doing things to ensure that things are better for them or as we mentioned possibly the idea of customized medicine which I think should be music to our ears considering, you know, especially for those who who stand or expect to stay in this country, uh, you know, for all the good and bad of it, if you're going to be here, you know, do what you can to make it the best for you. And I always the hashtag health, you know, health is your greatest wealth. Hardly anyone would argue with it, uh, but it definitely is. We're in the information age. We have an opportunity to actually take advantage and do something that maybe um, historically with some of the things that we, that we have disdain for, that was a lot more difficult for our, um, ancestors in a sense to avoid some of what we dislike now um, but I, I'm not a fan of the approach of just just avoiding it altogether uh, that 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 absolutely will lead to no benefit and we will continue continue to see some levels of health disparities and it's definitely not on us most of those health disparities are systemic but this is as Elisa just mentioned a way to be part of the solution to at least, in a sense, do our part as we fight to get rid of the systemic issues within health in the healthcare field that that affect us and and, and again leads to some of that distrust. Uh, can't say it enough how much the skepticism is understood and warranted in some cases. However, we can't take that that final stance. And I say that uh, thinking about the pandemic from the standpoint of, again, as I was just listening to what the scientists, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, see, I didn't go see what um, the Dr. Fauci had to say every day. I don't watch TV at all anyway. So I, I had to read, read the information to understand that was what was going on with this pandemic. And I remember highlighting uh, at one point that one sister uh, was, was in a sense, one sister that was working on the vaccine for COVID-19, she, in a sense, at one point, they were in the lead for the possible vaccine that may come online. Obviously, that those trials are in that process, and um, obviously, to a certain extent, going to be sped up. Uh, much quicker than the typical vaccine, which takes usually about a 10 years to come online. Um, but maybe, you know, in a year, year and a half still, uh, we may have something come online. But thinking of that sister in particular, I forget her name, but I remember putting up a meme because uh, we love to challenge thoughts even on social media, so be sure to follow us there. But I remember putting up a, a meme about that sister saying, um, and, I, and actually I wrote a piece about it saying, hey, it would be amazing and no surprise if this, and this was when we were dead in the, in the midst of the pandemic and the whole world was shut down at this point um, before we had opened up. And I remember saying it would be, a, be no surprise to me that a black woman would come up with a way to save the entire world. But the, what saddened me was if she comes up with a vaccine that most of the world would take, what saddens me is if of all people, African-Americans would be the ones to, uh, you know, to refuse it. Uh, and even in putting the idea that the Western society really only knows about 
inoculations and vaccines because of our African ancestors. Uh, if you know the story of Onesimus, just to throw that out there. Um, but again, just it's a lot of thoughts with it. Um, Atua, uh, I'm sorry, Atuara, if you will, King, just any thoughts about, about that idea? You know what I mean? That I fear, because uh, if and for a fact, this sister's vaccine is the one that spread that the world uses, right? If that becomes the case, we still are at a stage where we will be the ones not taking it in general. We've ran with, with the anti-vaxxer information. Which this didn't start with us, but we are definitely running with it throughout um, I, throughout our community. I think the medical field calls it what? Um, vaccine hesitancy, I think is the term for it, but if you could just even speak to that, um, I think it's, part, it's necessary in addition to advocating for people to be part of clinical trials. Right. So, you know, when it, so you're talking about like, when with as far as just the the trust and like with the whole vaccine and you know people saying they're gonna take it, some people saying they're not gonna take it, um, you know, and just the fear of okay, well, why, right? Like why, why aren't you taking the vaccine? Ask yourself that question if you're if you're listening, right? If you're not taking the vaccine, ask yourself why. Right. Once you find out your why, you need to figure out, okay, what information I can learn or ask or who can I talk to about my why. Right. If your concern is I don't want to take it because I think, you know, you think something is in it that's going to cause you harm. So you need to find somebody and or, you know, who is a, uh, a, a trustful source and you need to ask them that question you know, can this be harmful to me, right? And then they can break it down break it down for you. So you can't just stop at you creating or you're creating your own um, thought. Well, you, you, you're creating your own opinion on something that you, you haven't educated yourself around, right? If you're only looking at it through the lens of what happened in the past, then that's still kind of a narrow type of view to look at. Okay, that happened in the past. What's happening right now, man? Right? Who do I ask? What's happening right now? There are things in place that actually protect you, right, if something happens to you when doing these things. Um, And you just need to learn and understand how do vaccines actually work, right? How does the Mm -hmm. vaccine actually work? When we had went on the break, I had lost my thought, but I got it back. When a vaccine okay. enters your body, you have to look at it as uh, it's like a, uh, a army coming to fight the enemy in your body, right? And when that army is actually fighting with that enemy, you're going to feel some effects of that battle. But when the battle is over, then your body's going to start recovering. It's going to feel so much better besides your body being occupied by this foreign invader, right? So that's how vaccines uh, operate. There's a really good video on our Facebook page uh, with Dr. Lily Immergut, who actually talks about from the, uh, the beginning of when a vaccine starts uh, going through the whole process of doing a series of clinical trials. Um, you know, through those series of clinical trials, this is when, the uh, people who participate in these early, early clinical trials, they actually um, are going through, okay, what are the effects of it? And then how do we start mitigating those effects through uh, each round of clinical trials? 
and then really get to a point to where that, okay, we think that this is at a point to where we can put this out into the public, but then it still has to go through another series of, of uh, you know, looking at the effects of that vaccine before it's even distributed out to the public. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely understand why so many black people are, are, you know, hesitant about it. I have debates with my family all the time about this, right? <laughs> um, because and, I, and you can hear it in my voice. It is mm-hmm. very taxing, right, to where that you try to explain something and you, and I'm trying to tell you, I use every analogy in the book to try to explain this, right? <laughs> but it's going to take, I didn't use cars, I didn't use grocery stores, I didn't use armies, I didn't use everything under the sun to try to explain the importance of participating in studies and also the vaccine and how the flu vaccine works. But what I've learned is that over time, you do get through, right? When you educate yourself and you know, like, aha, okay, let me pass this on. Just one final thing I want to say as a real, like, true-to-life example is that um, my father, right, he's a, um, a Vietnam vet. He got drafted into that war. And he has some, you know, as many black men who who were um, who went to uh, Vietnam, there are a lot of long-term effects. And then you couple that with the mistrust factor, it leads to a lot of older black men don't want to go to the hospital. I don't care if my foot is about mm-hmm. to fall off. I don't want to go to the doctor. Right? Mm-hmm. But with my dad, I had to explain to him and talk with him. I'm talking about since I started working at. MSM all the way up until last year until he actually got comfortable with going to the doctor and engaging and asking them questions. And now he's coming back to me and like telling me about his visit and the things that he learned. So we shouldn't expect people to automatically, as soon as you hear the information, now you should be wanting to take action. Just look at Elisa. She's been involved in studies and these types of things for years on end, right? It's a it's it's a long term relationship that you have to build mm-hmm. um, with the whole health system, and that for anybody listening, if you have hesitations, that's fine. If you don't trust it, that's fine too. But guess what? Don't just stop there. Don't just stop at saying that I don't trust it or I'm not going to do it because of this reason. I want I want to challenge everybody who's listening right now to go out and find the information and talk to the professionals about it and ask them those hard, tough questions so that you can get more comfortable with actually participating. And even if you do participate, you need to ask more questions when you actually go and take this vaccine. What kind of needle is this? Is this going to sting? Is it going to hurt? Do I got to take a pill? Do I have to come back and see somebody? What's your name? How, what, how much experience do you have? You know, ask people nice. these questions. Don't just be a willing participant and just be quiet and just take it. No, ask them. That's a perfect opportunity. You asking people who have went to school for years and years on end, they are giving you free diamonds every time you ask them a question about what's going on with your health. Right. So I, I'll No, that's perfect. We're up again. No, that's perfect. We're up against our next break. Um, 927, we will get you in coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. 
LNG Technology Services. We are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. So I like to say we are the return of intelligent radio. If you like what we're doing in this space, um, please support what we're doing. Again, go to mentaldialogue.com and consider becoming a supporter or a member. Um, if you're in the Atlanta area, we definitely have. Uh, we can't wait to get offline to start our live events over at Urban Ground again with the show Black Owned Coffee Shop in Midtown. Uh, but if you're outside of Atlanta, again, mentaldialogue.com to become a supporter. Or I'll throw this out, um, the Cash App, and I'll, you know, I'll throw that out to you as well. I'll throw, uh, again, glad to have y'all on. But, you know, if y'all want to support and keep us on the air, uh, you know, hitting that Mental Dialogue Cash App for those who are familiar with that is always favorable. Uh, again, we have to be able to speak to our people, and we are dedicated to, uh, as we say, being truth seekers and information, um, hopefully giving people uh, information that they can take and think about dialogue about use it to their uh, to their effectiveness again to add to this virtual neighborhood where we all connect um, i'm gonna go to this caller and give them their thoughts again if you're we got a few minutes if anybody else wants to get in as well it's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one again that number six four six seven eight seven one six nine one you have to press one to let us know you want to speak oh the caller just dropped right when i was about to hit the button oh there they go got him how you met all right, six seven eight last three nine two seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Black African Power. Uh, what's, what's going on, uh, Black Socrates? How you doing, man? It's brother Unc. What's up, brother Unc? How you doing, King? What you got for us this morning? Uh, man, I wish I I wish I could have been at the beginning of the conversation, but uh, as usual, it's an intelligent conversation. And this is this is my favorite subject uh, because my whole career was based off of being able to have the community in a position to be ready for such pandemics before it ever came. Anybody know me, I actually debated the, mm-hmm. the, the, the anti-vax community. Uh, it's one yep, of the, you know, yeah. I, I debated the largest anti-vax uh, community in the world. Uh, you know, they were funded by uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and you got people mm-hmm. like Adele Bigtree and other pseudos that was actually participating in that. Like, that's the highest level right there. And so I went into that event. This was in December before the pandemic actually came. And literally, you know, as we went back and forth in discourse, I prepared the people listening and let them know that such an event like a pandemic was definitely coming based off of the reading material and based off of the fact that science is actually 
predictive. So I knew this. I, I knew something like this was actually coming. And so the brother kind of spoke about uh, what a, what a actually what a vaccine actually does. I would like to add just a little bit to it. A vaccine itself is really it trains your immune system. So so it, it actually uh, has your immune system thinking that an enemy is there. When the reality is it's not an enemy, it's like a fake army that really trains your immune system. So when the real pathogen comes, your body is already prepared for it, and it recognizes it, and it already has antibodies ready to fight this particular disease. So the point is, is really miseducation, fear, and, and anti-scientific literacy that would prompt us to get away from ideas that one, started with our ancestors, and two, the whole world uses to its advantage. So I just want to, you know, mm-hmm. kind of make that point. That I understand your fears, but education can take those fears away. And just like you said, you know, we need to get involved in these trials if we have time, right? We need to partake of that based off of the variations in our genes. So they're really looking for gene variation. That's why they're asking all people, since we know there is not a race, you know what I'm saying? That's a social construct. Mm-hmm. But when you understand there's genes, variations of genes. And so it's important for us to talk about exactly. that. One last point. We talked about how um, important it was for us to understand these things. And so you talked about the speed at which vaccines are made now. I would bring you this example. No one would say, man, it took us 28 days to travel from Africa to the United States with wooden ships. Now we got these battleships to get there in two, three days. He would say, wait, 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 wait. We, we should not get on that ship. It's impossible. It's the technology, right, and the development of engines, mm-hmm. not just sails, that allows us. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so sailing the seven seas with a wooden ship on sails was rendered obsolete once them gas engines were produced. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And those metal ships were produced. Mm-hmm. So same with vaccines. The technology, matter of fact, we're on the third generation vaccines right now. And so the technology that was back then 20, 30 years ago is really obsolete. They have DNA vaccines. Right. So you can't say, man, that's too fast. No, that's your ignorance of the subject matter. I'll leave with that, bro. Um, Arthur, Arthur, Lisa, any thoughts uh, with what Brother Unk had to bring to the table? Appreciate those thoughts. Again, uh, I told you we have an intelligent audience, the most intelligent audience in all of radio, if you ask me. Of course, I'm going to say that, but I think they prove themselves each and every week when they call in. But go ahead, um, Arthur, any thoughts, King? I mean, I think that he, he hit, you know, you know all mm-hmm. the points um, in regards to you know, uh, you know, vaccines, I mean, even the, you know, with the analogy and everything, um, it's so refreshing to actually hear people who actually went out and, uh, you know, got educated on what these things are. I think that the the pandemic for the people who wasn't, you know, going out trying to get this information, I think the pandemic um, has really started opening the eye on the health disparities in the African-American community. Um, I mean, it was, uh, you know, uh, in the news heavily, right, that we were disproportionately affected by COVID-19, um, you know, because of other health disparities that we were facing, right? You started seeing that people who are of old age, obese, have previous conditions, are more susceptible to the the extremes of the uh, COVID-19 virus, right? And 
it's just so happened that, you know, black people are the ones most affected by those things that they actually named. Um, I think this should open up the eyes to a lot of people who are, you know, hesitant on challenging education, educating yourself, um, just like the callers and um, Miss Elisa has, um, in regards to um, knowing a lot more about, uh, you know, vaccines, clinical trials and health studies and, you know, just the health industry in general. Um, you know, you know, you can ask anyone on our staff, and you know, I definitely want to give a, a shout out to our all of us team um, back at Moana School of Medicine. Uh, you know, they would tell you, you know, the work that we're doing and the outreach that we're doing that it is is challenging, right? Because uh-huh. the things that and the ideas and the themes that you guys are talking about now, we talk about this with people every single day, right, in the right. community on the phone, email, text message, and we are faced with the challenge of this whole thing of trust and privacy. But like I said in the beginning, how do we combat that? We combat that with patience, education, and engaging on a long-term basis. Absolutely. Alisa, any thoughts about what Brother Ump brought to the table? Again, excellent three cents um, by that king today. I think this has been great. And in fact, I've been kind of, I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you, real transparent. I've been kind of a little distant this last few minutes because I'm setting up this connection for them that I have in New York as we speak. So, um, you know, because I so, really think that, so, I think this is great. I think I want to get on board with this um, and just kind, kind of trying to, you know, get people to really understand that. And, and the man that called in, I mean, he spoke so eloquently about what it is. I mean, you can apply that same sort of analogy even to, you know, mm-hmm. the, the slaves. The slaves wouldn't have got away, right, if people didn't keep trying to get away. And, you know, no one mm-hmm. wants to be, you know, for lack of a better term, the sacrificial lamb when it comes to certain things, but there's so many other things that you can do to help. You know, it's like being at that table. Everybody's not the chair, but there's all these other people that are adding so much stuff to it, and we can all add something to right. it, whether it's, you know, in a study about a new app that's coming out, a study I recently did about the impact of co-pays and high deductibles. You know, that was important for me to do that, um, especially when you have, you know, a child with special health concerns. But even still, it's important for all of us collectively. So, you know, other than that, I really nice. don't have anything to add except no, to nice. say we to actually, people, you know, no, let's not beautiful. be afraid. Actually, I'm cutting in real quick. You know, I'm sorry, jumping in real quick. I'm gonna sneak a call in, and That's we're gonna let uh, Arturo. Yeah, we're gonna sneak. I'm gonna sneak out a little three minutes, and Arturo, I'll let you kind of close it out and let people know how they can get in contact with you. But let's see if we can sneak this call in. Sure. Area code nine zero one last three one five one. We are at the end of the show, so I'm gonna give you a minute and a half at the most. You're gonna have to make it quick. Go ahead. Hi, this is the Asia calling from Arlington. I just wanted to jump in because I I heard a lot of what everyone has. And a lot of the things that they were really, really good um, do need to start participating more in medical studies, but our skepticism is valid. You know, I'm one of those people that I'm skeptical, but I also know that we need to start participating more because there's a lot of things that negatively impact us. Just say, for instance, with COVID, you know, it was said that, you know, we'll be strongly impacted, and it's a lot of different health issues that we have in our community. But as soon as there's something about a vaccine or something that comes out, we're afraid 
to participate in it because of the history of participating in certain experiments, like the Tuskegee experiment, for example, you know, things like that. So there have been things that have been experimented on us without our knowledge. So I don't think that it's so much as people are just afraid to experiment. I feel like it's people afraid that they're probably walking in to be experimenting on no, about this one thing that it said and then it turned around it ended up being something right. totally different. So nah, it's really fair, hard to... We, yeah, I got to let you go, Queen. But no, nah, I love it. I love the thought. Okay. I will encourage you. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We definitely dug into that history, and we definitely all th- three of us agree you're right. It is very warranted skepticism. So we're not knocking it. We're just trying to encourage people to hit that crossroad to ensure that we're helping ourselves. But thank you for your thought this morning. Uh, to all, we've got about a minute and a half. If you want to go ahead and get out the information once again of how people can get in contact. So, and be a part of this study and future studies, please do that now at this time. Thank you for your um, time this morning, King. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Um, so really quick, if you want to get more information on the All of Us Research Project, um, you can visit uh, www.msm.edu forward slash all of us, um, uh, as well as just on the institute itself, msm.edu, and then just search for clinical trials if you're interested in other studies. Um, you can also follow us on social media, um, all of us, MSM, um, as you can get access to additional information, education, as well as uh, opportunities that we actually have coming up. Um, and we also have an event, ALU Live, that's happening on November 18th um, uh, that you can come participate in as well. Uh, thank you again. Shout out to our whole team, all of us. Uh, Cheryl, thank you so much for connecting us. This was a wonderful experience. Yep, and Elisa, you're over there getting people connected on the spot. Again, that's what we do. It's not the first time we had on-air connections. I love shouting those out. Encourage the All of Us team to, you know, hit that cash app and support of what we do. Keep us on the app so we can keep getting people and information. If y'all have something in the future and want to come back, we will absolutely welcome you back. But, uh, you know, we need that support as well as we uh, get the word out about what you're doing. Thank y'all. We'll see y'all next Saturday for the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. <laughs>